We are rolling on. It is a brand new week. It yes. Samford game week, but we're not finished talking about Cal. We got to put a nice orange and blue bow on that game. He's Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law. And Zach uh, Hugh Freeze talked to the media, had his weekly press conference, and I continue to be blown away by just how candid and truthful he is in these press conferences. Yeah, it's nice. It's refreshing. And I'm sure it's a nice change of pace. You get to interview him every Thursday on Tiger Talk. I imagine it's a very nice change of pace than what you had to do before that. It is. You you get used to asking soundbite questions, questions where you know the coach speak answer. You kind of know the realm of the answer. So you ask the question to get that answer. You don't do that with this coach. You actually ask the questions that you want to ask. And it's really refreshing. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to answer it, um, much like he came out earlier today and <laughs> said how bad the offense was yeah. and how you know they thought they were going to be able to score all these points and, and run the ball, and they were not able to do that. All right, so, Brad, your, your biggest takeaway, because yeah. we already knew that he was going to be very candid and very open, but as far as what he said earlier today, what stood out to you? Uh, I think it, it stood out that the offense is on it's on their minds as much as it is on the average fan's mind. The average fan reaction was, what was going on with the offense? It didn't look quite right. And you know what? He just confirmed that that's the case. Um, Football coaches are, you know, they're highly knowledgeable. They know a lot about the game. But I, I think it would surprise you if these guys would be open and honest all the time, like we're seeing from Coach Freeze, that they see what you see we're all seeing the same thing. And so, yeah, the biggest takeaways were, how do you use Robbie Ashford effectively? Um, they tried an experiment. They tried to get something going with the energy and the juice against Cal. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't work just right, but you had to try something. And it, it just sort of the, the humanity of it stood out to me of, yeah, yeah, we're trying to figure that out. It's on, it's on our minds. He's got to have his carries. Peyton's got to play better. You got to try it. Yeah, and he was quick to defend Peyton on a few RPOs as well because uh, they didn't call that much of them, according to Freeze, earlier today. But we kind of guessed this, right? We guessed this when we did the live show Sunday evening mm-hmm. right here on the Village Vice YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss it. But, Brad, I, I think we kind of guessed this because we saw two early carries from Jarquez Hunter. It was a third and medium. Peyton gave the ball up. Next drive. Run, run, third and medium. Don't convert. And then it's like they panicked and like, okay, let's throw Robbie in because we've got to be able to run the football. He wasn't able to run the football either because it's so clear what we're doing when he's in in those situations the way they use him Saturday night. And it's like you could tell there was a little bit of a desperation to run the football because that's what they planned their game plan around, and they weren't able to do it. I don't think there's any problem with thinking, okay, we can go in and run on this defense because I think they're going to feel that way about Texas A&M. I think they're going to feel that way about Arkansas. I think they're going to feel that way about Ole Miss. Maybe yep. not Mississippi State. They are going to feel that way about Arkansas. And those are the games you've got to win if you want to have this spectacular season that we all think Auburn could possibly do. And it's fine. You go in there, you think you're going to be able to run it, you're not able to. That's okay. You've got to have a left hook. You have mm-hmm. to have a counterpunch. And that's, to me, where the problem and the concern is, is, okay, sure, you couldn't run the ball. You couldn't do your plan A. It didn't seem like there was a plan B, and that that's what I'm kind of focused on. Yeah, I, I love the confidence, and I think you're absolutely right. You want a team that believes it's going to go in and run the ball effectively yeah. on everybody. Sure. So 
Um, a couple of other things that stood out, and Zach, if you're good with it, we'll just sort of go through. Um, I, I'd like to go through the transcript of the press conference. Now, settle down, everybody. I'm not going to read the transcript word for word. That's not the kind of show we have, but just some of the highlights and to make sure that we get these quotes right. Okay. Um, another thing that he said in part of the opening statement was the attitude of the team, something that Will Herring noticed on the sideline when guys would come off, no matter how frustrating things became. And Coach Freeze's comment was, it was always, we got you, we got you, talking about the defense's attitude. He said, I'm proud of the growth. We, growth. we can use that to build on. Yeah. I love this mentality of a team. Now, it's one thing to be down three points or four points on the road to Cal and think, well, if we just stop turning the ball over, we'll be fine. When this team faces adversity, like being down double figures for the first time, can you maintain that same togetherness uh, and the same attitude? But I really like that he pointed that out from, from game two. Yeah, and I've talked to a few players since uh, since they returned back Sunday morning, and they're dialed in. They mm -hmm. they never really felt worried about it. The defense never got frustrated with the offenses. They were still trying to figure things out. In fact, I talked to a few of them, and they said, I kind of liked it. Old school yeah. defensive battle, you know, it was kind of refreshing. It got a chance for us to kind of show that we're better than, than everybody kind of thought that we would be throughout fall camp, which is great. They've got that chip on their shoulder kind of like their head coach seems yeah. like. And so now, you know, you, you win when it's, when it's tough, when nothing's going right, you're able to stay positive. Yeah. I, I think that's a great sign for this team moving forward. People wanted to know about taking more shots downfield. Why didn't it happen? And again, a very candid answer. Coach Free said, we only called three, probably should have called more. How about that for honesty and, and just openness? Cal played us a little differently. There were times I thought we had one real shot, read a different side of the field. Receivers didn't win a few of the others we called. So he talked about the importance of winning the one-on-one -on -one battles. A little bit of that go to the receivers. A little bit of credit goes to Cal for playing mm -hmm. differently defensively than sort of what they were prepared for. And then even with all of that, the head coach said, yeah, probably could have called or should have called a couple more. But that was something people were asking about, about the offensive plan. Yeah, you go out and get all these big wide receivers and like, look, I, I get you want separation, but the perk of getting these big wide receivers is their catch radius and size is so big they can use leverage to potentially win these 50-50 balls. And boy, I would have rather Auburn done that mm -hmm. than several of the things they did offensively Saturday night. Because really the only one that you can think of outside of the Rivaldo fade that went for a touchdown, which obviously was great, and Hugh Freeze did <laughs> make sure we knew that he called that play props to you coach freeze but the only other one i can recall and brad you tell me if i'm incorrect on this but the amari kelly play mm -hmm. and it's like that's the that's the speed guy that's not the 50 50 guy amari kelly so that to me was a little curious but yeah you brought in all these big bodies throw it up to them let's just see what happens i love that way more than you know a running game that's not working on second and eight yeah uh, I did think it was interesting that he singled out Jay Fair and Javarius Johnson as guys. Five and who, six. Yeah, five and six. They need more touches. So doesn't necessarily mean they're going to both be on the field at the same time. He said he wishes they were bigger, like some of those big wide receivers he went up to get. But yeah. you go out and you get all those big guys, and yet it's five and six who he called perhaps the best two receivers on the field, and they need more touches. So I do think that gives you an insight on what to look for maybe in the future, is, is look for more targets for, for uh, Javarius and Jay. You can tell that's where Peyton's looking first, most, mm -hmm. of, the, most of the patterns. And it's kind of when they're covered, it's when he holds the ball for a little too long, and then 
either starts to panic or, you know, would get pressured. So we'll see. They've got to figure that out, Brad. But I have no issue with five and six being the vocal point, the focal point of this passing attack right now. They're they're the best receivers on the team. I, I believe Hugh Freeze wholeheartedly when he says that. I believe they've earned that distinction, and that's just from what we've yeah. seen through the, the first two games of the year. Now, about play calling, what do you make of, of this quote? Sure. Just about any other coach, I would attribute this to coach speak. But I sense there's some genuineness to this when it, because of everything else we've heard from Hugh Freeze. Talking about play calling, and he said, it's really about us all seeking wisdom, how we can get better, myself included. It was the main theme of the truth meeting. How do you seek wisdom? Everyone has assistance in this building. So the call basically is, we don't have it figured out right now. It's not as smooth as we want it to be. Don't be afraid to use the assistant, whatever GA. Don't be afraid to ask the head coach. You've got to start with wisdom, and then you go from there to try to figure out the actual on-field X and O results. Well, something wasn't right. Something about this game plan was not correct. Because once again, I'm thought, I thought Auburn would be able to run the ball as well, especially with Jarquez coming back. And is it, his final numbers are fine from an average standpoint. You and I talked about it in the live show on Sunday, Brad. But the whole, like when you zoom out, and see the whole picture like it, it wasn't good it was not yeah. an appeasing or appealing picture to look at and you've got to fix that because you're the offensive guy now i do wonder how many games go by if it looks like this against texas a&m yeah one you lose two uh does hugh freeze take over play calling and say you know coach montgomery you're going to be used with constructing the game plan but i'm going to call plays like i think that's the next step if they don't fix it, I think that's the panic button, you know, break glass in case of emergency type situation. Yeah. But they've got time. They've got time. Clean it up against Sanford. We're going to feel really good about it, but we're not going to know anything until this team goes back on the road to college station uh, in two weeks. Yeah. I would say we're probably not going to. My expectation is you won't feel as good about it as you did after UMass. And that is because I think there's an element of coming down off of playing a power conference opponent. You lose some of your rest and recovery from the long flight on Sunday. You have A&M the following week in another road game. I just think it's hard for a team to play really smooth and crisp in game three of the season in a game that's wedged in this spot on the schedule versus the opener and, and how clean Auburn played against UMass. Um, yeah. I, I think the other points are dead on, though. Sure, sure. And, and Auburn may not look as crisp against Sanford. Sanford is better than UMass, I think. I think. I have just no respect for UMass as a program whatsoever. Just, just I've, I've held nothing back there. I think Sanford's going to want it more, right? I mean, all these kids that go there, uh, odds are they were passed up by Auburn at some point in their career, right? I, I think that's going to have something to do with it. UMass probably wasn't able to kind of put that, yeah. um, use that to their motivation, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I don't think it matters. Like if, if Auburn yeah. beat Sanford by 21, 28, 35, whatever it may be, that's great. You know, you, there are some things communication. I don't care how tired you are. Communication should be fixed yep. this week. There's no excuse for this, especially with the whole quarterback rotation that they appear to still be willing to do based on his comments today. Yeah. That has to be fixed. And that's really the main thing I think we can look at for this Saturdays. Can you fix communication from the sideline to the quarterback in the huddle. That, that's what you have to fix. Yeah. 
yeah, the the way that Robbie is used as a whole, I think, becomes the number one storyline again in in the Samford game. We'll talk more but, about but it throughout the week. Yeah, yeah, but once again, like Robbie should be able to do whatever he wants against Samford. That's mm-hmm. not the debate here, right? Yeah. Um, I think how he's used will be interesting. Is he going to be used similarly to how he was when the starting offense was in against UMass, which is why we called him Red Zone Robbie yeah. or Short Yardage Robbie, um, not oh, we're panicking, let's just change the entire offense and put him in. And Hugh made a comment about, you know, defending Robbie, which is great, about the running back going the wrong way. And it's like, well, we're asking the offense to run two different offenses here instead of just these packages. So I don't know. I'm not fully bought in. I thought I was, but I'm not fully bought into what the quarterback rotation is looking like up to this point because Mm -hmm. I thought it would be something different. So... I guess how Robbie is used against Sanford will be interesting, but once yeah. again, it's not going to mean anything. We're not going to learn anything else about this team until, until uh, the next Saturday. Yeah. Unless he's used exactly the same way as he's used against UMass, because I think that means then that's what they want to do going forward. I think we saw Robbie in the Cal game more and differently than they planned to use him because it wasn't going well with Peyton because they did do some different things on defense and they kind of took away his ability to get into a rhythm. And so I don't think what you saw in the Cal game was a representation of what they wanted to do with Robbie. It's what they thought they needed to try to get some stuff going. Right. All right. One other thing uh, in regards to play calling, he said, we're not overreacting to anything. I thought that was a good thing to, uh, to, to note, not overreacting to anything. And now get this. Uh, in a question about how the offensive line performed, Coach Freeze had this quote. I think without the turnovers, you're looking at another 250-plus rushing night. What do you think about that, Zach? The two, now, I will say the two fumbles came the play after a 19-yard rush and on a play where Damari picked up 14 before the fumble. So yeah. you can make the argument that you get more plays, you get more rushing plays, you get more success, the opportunity for more success uh, without those turnovers. It's an ifs and buts, candy and nuts kind of thing, but uh, 250 plus without the turnovers. What do you think? I'm not necessarily buying that because the first turnover where Peyton gave the ball up, it was on third down. You're going to punt it the next play anyway. He didn't have the first down. So mm-hmm. that's a fourth of those that is not going to impact the total yardage. I'm fine with that. I mean, we talked about this yesterday with Damari Austin and Jarquez Hunter. Those were both the, the offense was kind of moving. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember saying to the guys I was watching the game with, you know, when Jarquez was running it, it's like, just hold on to the ball and Auburn wins. Just hold on to the ball. And then, of course, he fumbled. It's like, yeah. are you kidding? Are you kidding me? So I think they get more. 250 is a lot. 250 is a lot more. I, I don't know if I'm buying that. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other thing I thought was worth noting. Are you? Are you buying that? Uh, no, not 250. Okay. Not because, because of where they happened in the game. Uh, I, you know, yeah. I have to go back and see what Auburn ended up with, but especially with a fourth quarter fumble, you're not going to get another hundred yards on that drive or sure. in the game at that point. So, right. um, I, I do think the offensive line played better maybe than what the stats will show because of the turnovers, but just cause they didn't get the opportunity. You're looking at projected revenues at that point, as opposed to what's actually on the, on the mm-hmm. ledger. Uh, one of the things I just thought was interesting was uh, the run defense. And he was asked about the run defense improving from week one to week two. 
and this quote stood out, we weren't sure that either quarterback uh, could all night long throw it and beat us. So it's exactly what we talked about here. And he offered up the confirmation that, yeah, the goal was to, to sell out and stop the run. Uh, because regardless of which quarterback, whether it was five or 10, um, they didn't think they could beat them consistently in the passing yeah. game. Again, it's just really refresh. It's a, it's a little bit of um, a candid discussion from, from the coach that you typically don't get in the press conference. Sure. I think that's great. You know, and they're not going to be able to do that against Texas A&M in two weeks because if you yeah. stop the run, Connor Wegman can throw all over you. So you just got to be careful on that. But, yeah, uh, I think this is all uh, – I think everything Hugh Free said on Monday kind of confirms what we were already thinking. I don't yeah. think we're too far off on any of this, Brad. So will this result in a better offense? I don't know. Let's touch on that in just a second. But I got to tell you, Brad, as a better, you demand perfection – and our friends at my bookie, they deliver, whether it's NFL, college football, whatever. They've got a brand new cash out system to give you options to bet and to win all season long. Because that's what we do here. We win. We win. We're winners. Uh, I was looking at a few of the early lines in mybookie.ag. LSU minus 10 against Mississippi State. I think it's a little interesting. We'll see yeah, if LSU is uh, fully bouncing back. Which LSU do we see? Who yeah. knows? Who knows? But you look better against Grambling. <laughs> sure. Who is it though? Uh, to get started, go to mybookie.ag now and register for an account. And when you register and make that deposit, use promo code next round for a nice little extra bonus on that deposit. That's promo code next round to claim your deposit bonus. And for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. In the meantime, got to tell you about Lance'sLock.com, another proud uh, partner here with us at Village Vice. Football's back. If you need plays, go to Lance'sLock.com. Right now's the time to get the best price on the monthly and the annual packages. Sign up today for the best deal at Lance'sLock.com. Lance'sLock.com. Please don't go into week three of the college football season or week two of the NFL season without going to Lance'sLock.com. Let me ask you this. How'd you do on your own? How'd you do on your own week, week one of the NFL season or week two of college football? You say, Brad, I, I need help. I didn't do that great. Lanceslock.com. Help, help is here that. for you. Yeah. Help is here for you. Lanceslock.com. Uh, do you think the offense will consistently improve over the course of the season, Brad? Do you, I, I just feel so much. I almost feel better as we get farther and farther away from Saturday night. Yeah. That's just not going to happen again. It's like, I think I think you almost got it out of your system and you won yeah. a game that a lot of people said you weren't going to win regardless. I, I don't know. I, I just think it could have been so much worse. And I just don't think Hugh Freeze is going to have this, this team prepared that poorly again on offense. I completely agree. You know, I think about a much different kind of game, and I'm going to go back nine years. So I think about the 2014 um, – well, the 2014 season actually, unfortunately, gave us two of these games where Auburn fell behind early and they fell behind big and yeah. they could never make up enough ground or make the play late to, to get back on top. That was Mississippi State on the road and mm -hmm. Texas A&M. Now, Auburn was a top 10 team when both of those games were played and it was a different kind of, of setting and environment. But in both those games, Auburn fell behind very early and just couldn't ever quite catch up. This was a game where you had everything go wrong and you still found a way to win. And I'll echo what, or I'll repeat what we said on the live show last night. 
Um, I don't think the offense can look as clean and immaculate as it looked against UMass. Teams are just better. It's just not going to happen. But I don't think you're going to see the type of inconsistency or um, just look as, as poor as you saw against Cal throughout the year. You're going to play better teams. There will be moments where you're not getting things done offensively. But I think you can take so much and learn and apply it to future game plans, future practices, and so on, that the offense looks better going forward. There, will there be games where Auburn doesn't score 14 points? Probably, just looking at the schedule. It may happen. You think but, Auburn will score 14 points again? I think it's who? possible. Against who? Who do they do that against? I think it's possible Georgia and LSU hold Auburn to 14 or less. Wow. Okay. I'm not saying that I would put my money on it right now. I'm just saying sure. it's possible that mm-hmm. it happens against those teams. I don't see another team on the schedule. I'm, I'm looking at a copy of it right now off to the side. I don't, I don't see another team on the schedule that it's possible against. So, yeah, I think the offense does get better. I, yeah, I do too. Because I don't think it was – I was talking about this with uh, – but the national analyst that just wanted more information on Auburn. So he called me up earlier today and he's like, why, why could Auburn not run the ball? What was wrong with the offense? Was it the offensive line? And I said, I don't think it was. I, I think it was play calling. I think the team for the most part, not obviously they weren't perfect, but I think as a whole, the offensive unit did what they were told to do yeah. and asked to do. It just, I don't think they were led well. And it yeah. sounds like Hugh Freeze is taking responsibility for that. And the Monday presser, the offense didn't look good. And I think it was on the coaching more than execution. And so many people are coming after Peyton Thorne today yeah. and saying that, you know, he looked flustered and he was inaccurate. And, you know, when the lights came on, he kind of froze. And I didn't see that. Now, he didn't look comfortable. I'll give you that. But the throws he made were not all over the place. His throws right. were fine. Um, so I, I just don't necessarily – I don't necessarily buy that. In fact, if Shane Hooks catches that tough pass, like this may be a totally different game going back to the turnovers. Yeah. That that was obviously went off of his hands and went to um went into a, the hands of a Cal defender. But I, I just I think Auburn's gonna be okay. I, I tweeted yeah. this at halftime. It's like Auburn should have been down by a bunch and they weren't. Like yeah. it's just I think Auburn's gonna be fine, Brad. I think they Auburn's found, gonna be okay. They, they found a way. They found a way to come back in spite of all that. And I think some of that credit has to go to the Cal defensive line, too. They have yeah. juniors and seniors. They have a lot of size. They they are a quality defense. This is not a trash defense that Auburn faced. If you want to get into, you know, uh, where does it rank among the defensive lines that Auburn will play this year? I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'd give them the edge in a handful of the games that Auburn has left on the schedule, defensive line versus defensive line. So I think some of the credit goes to their defensive line too. Sure, sure. And I still don't think Cal's a great football team. In fact, I I don't think they're a good football team, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong moving forward. So we'll see. Uh, As far as um, toss-up games going into the season, Cal was certainly one. And then – I said all see uh, all offseason Texas A&M in two yeah. weeks was the most important game on Auburn's schedule. Got some pushback, but a lot of people did agree too, Brad. But earlier today, it was announced that Auburn will kick off against Texas A&M at eleven o'clock. Yeah, in College Station, that game will be on ESPN. And Brad, I always say the earlier a game is, yeah, the more it benefits the visiting team. Yeah, And the fact, you know, that, that it's happening at 11 o'clock, 
those 10 million fans at Texas A&M that fit into that stadium, uh, yeah. they're not going to be as juiced up, nope. perhaps. I think this helps Auburn, the fact they're playing at 11, not 230 or 6. I think it helps Auburn. Completely agree, and it, I think you're going to see a lot of passing against Samford to try to gear up for what the what the weakness is of the Texas A&M team, mm. and I think that's their pass defense. They got absolutely torched. Tyler Van Dyke threw for almost 400 yards. He yeah. threw five touchdown passes last mm. weekend for Miami. Um, Connor Wigman had to throw the ball almost 60 times in the game. They were just they were playing from behind, but. Um, I, I hope Connor Wegman throws it 60 times against Auburn. That would yeah, be me too. And I get the sense that Auburn will, again, defensively try to force him into that kind of situation. So, um, yep, love the 11 o'clock games on the road, no matter where they are. Wish we could play all of them at 11 o'clock in the morning. And uh, happy to see that for Auburn and A&M. Yeah, I saw some fans complaining about it. It's like, we just watched a game kick off at midnight. Like, this is better. This is the better yeah. of the two. <laughs> yes, it is. Again, oh. especially a road game. Man, get your win and then watch the rest of the day of, of football. That's right. Who's got a win in the back. That's right. That's right. Or just be upset the rest of the day and go do something else. Whatever. Sure. Drown Whatever. your sorrows in candy corn. Sure. Uh, Yeah, candy corn for sure. Uh, Brad, I think that about does it for our Monday edition of Village Vice. It does. Thanks for watching, everybody. Remember, everybody has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.